Hi, and welcome to episode 83 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher at iPhone Life. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor at iPhone Life. Each episode, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. And this episode, we have a new announcement. We have a Facebook group that we just launched and that we think you should join. Definitely. David, you want to tell us more about it? Yeah, definitely. Well, we launched it a couple weeks ago, and it's been so much fun. Uh, Basically, it's just a place for anybody who's part of our community to come ask us questions, ask each other questions, and just have a conversation about getting the most out of your iPhone, iPad, any Apple products. Uh, We have over 2,000 people in the group already, really active conversation. So make sure you check it out. We'll put a link to it in the uh, show notes if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, or if you want to just go to Facebook and look for iPhone Life Group. iPhone Life Group, iPhone Life Group, you'll find it that way as well. Uh, also a second announcement, we have started doing live workshops, which we're also really excited about. We had our first live workshop last week, uh, and we will link to that so you can watch the replay if you want. So if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, you can watch the replay. Uh, we've got two more workshops coming up in the next month, so make sure you stay tuned for those all of our workshops are free right now. Emphasis on the right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're really fun. Uh, our first one was on battery saving tips. Connor and Sarah walked through all sorts of battery saving tips. We answered a ton of questions live on the show. So are in the workshop. So make sure you tune in live for the next one so you can ask your questions, but also you can enjoy everybody else's questions if you watch the replay. And that included helping you figure out whether you need to upgrade the battery in your phone or whether you can just tweak your settings and that will be fine. And I know that's a point of a lot of tension for a lot of people. So that that was a really great thing with this workshop. Our upcoming workshop, we're going to go over iCloud Photo Library versus Google Photos and help you figure out how to manage your photos, which is another point that I know a lot of people struggle with. So it'll be a good one. All right. Well, let me talk about our sponsor. Uh, Our first sponsor here is Lara Brink Case. This is a great case because not only is it an affordable, sleek, protective case, it looks nice, it's a black protective case, uh, reasonably priced. It also protects you against iPhone radiation. So if you're, if you're someone who's concerned about the radiation from your phone and, and the potential damaging effects of that, this is a really awesome solution. It's really scientifically backed. There's a lot of uh, research showing how this case deflects the radiation away from your face. Um, so we will put a link to this in the show notes as well. The The name of it is Brink, and the name of the company is Brink. name of the case is Alara. Uh, and you can go to iphonelife.com slash podcast to, to get the link for it. I know, and even if you're not worried about radiation, the design of the Alara case is really nice. It's really, like, slim but protective. I was using yeah. it at um, CES, and I dropped my phone, and the phone survived, and it was also just not too bulky to carry around all over the show floor. Yeah. The, yeah. Two, the two things I love about it is, first of all, like you said, you don't have to compromise on the look of the case with this. Yeah. It looks nice. It's also affordable. The other thing that I really like about it is there's a lot of solutions in this space that are not very scientifically backed. Mm-hmm. This one, there's a they've done a lot of lab research to kind of 
not only <laughs> make it work, but also show conclusively that it does, in fact, deflect the radiation. So yeah, that that gives me a lot of trust. Next up, we want to talk to you about our tip of the day newsletter. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up to get a free tip that teaches you something cool you can do with your phone in one minute every day. And this week, we want to tell you about a tip for iOS 11.3. We've covered a lot of the big ones, but some people don't know about business chat, which is a feature they're rolling out. So not, you know, not many businesses will have this yet. But if you search for a company in Safari, um, already sometimes you'll see the business name and a phone number. But now you'll also see a message icon if it supports if that business supports the business ch business chat feature, and that lets you tap on it to start a, a text message conversation with that company. Usually, this will be some sort of chat bot or something like that to answer basic questions, but it's just another way that you can get the information you need without having to make a phone call, which at least I hate making phone calls. <laughs> Nobody wants to leave talk to. to anyone these yeah. days. Please don't make me get on the phone, ever. Do, do you guys use Safari or Chrome? I'm curious. I use Safari. Okay. I use Safari. Okay. I'm a Chrome person. Yeah, I mean, whenever we've had this conversation, I've been like, oh, I probably should switch to Chrome because I use Chrome on my Mac and I really like Chrome. But uh, for some reason, Safari, I mean, Safari is the default one mm -hmm. and uh, I haven't had any problem with it. So I'm just like, why why fix it if it yeah, isn't well, broken? And Apple has done some uh, cool things with Safari on the iPhone that makes it actually uh, load pages faster they actually give safari access to i can't remember what it is i think it's javascript rendering that makes it load faster that other third-party browsers do not have access to on the mm. iphone uh so there are advantages to safari but the problem is uh is kind of what you use elsewhere so i use chrome on my computer and so i like having all my passwords and all of my uh bookmarks synced across devices See, that's why I use iCloud Keychain, so Safari is a good one for me. Okay, see, I'm not a fan of iCloud Keychain. <laughs> it, like, I can never quite get it to work right for me. So, Have you found the ways to make it work? Uh, it works well enough for me. Um, in our next episode, the insider <laughs> question we have is going to deal with iCloud Keychain autofill, so maybe that will help you, David. Maybe, maybe stay it will help tuned. me too. We... I, I feel like it sometimes randomly kicks in and works, but like other times not, and I'm not quite sure why, and I haven't really <laughs> taken the energy to figure out why. <laughs> to, to explain a little bit, we record two episodes at a time, and so we are going to record the episode where we talk about that, and you all have to wait two weeks, and then to you will hear it. all about it. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... This is back to business chat. That was our daily tip for this episode. If you want to sign up to get a daily tip like that every day, go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips. And also, that's a great way to hear from us for all the other exciting new things that are happening. So that's when we announce things like a Facebook group or we announce things like a free workshop, we send it to that list. So if you are wanting to kind of stay tuned of upcoming iPhone Life things and we've got a lot of cool stuff in the pipeline for you all that's a great way to do so because we only record this podcast every two weeks so yes exactly and um also we have a premium subscription called iphone life insider probably a lot of you are already familiar with it but you get not only a, a video a tip every day but a video version of that tip and you also get video guides and a lot of comprehensive content 
that helps you really master your iOS devices. You're also gonna be getting a full archive of all of our workshops now that we're launching that feature. So that's just another reason that you'll love being an insider. And uh, this week, Sarah has an insider question she's gonna share with us because one of our features of Insider that people really appreciate is the tech help that she gives them. So you can email in any specific issues you're having and she'll help you work through it. So Sarah, tell us what, what insiders have been wondering. <laughs> well, uh, so for this episode, the uh, reader I heard from uh, says, the email address that comes up in the from block in Apple Mail is outdated. How do I change it to my Gmail address? Um, so you can actually select a default email account for all your emails to go from automatically unless you type in a different email address. And so to do that, you would open settings and go to mail, default account, and then select your Gmail account in his case or whatever account you wanted it to be. And, and then from then on, anytime you start composing a new email in your mail app, it will be from that address. Um, and I, I feel like David's just waiting to chime in and be like, use Gmail. No, I, I just have a complaint. I'm okay, ready to complain. Second. So, and then the second <laughs> thing is, I would recommend deleting this, this iPhone email from your iPhone. It won't delete the account, you know, because it's on the web somewhere. But um, you can delete it from your phone in settings, um, accounts, and passwords. And then you just you know, tap on the outdated email account and then scroll to the bottom of the screen and tap delete account. And so that will remove it from your phone too. And now David's going to complain. I'm going to complain. <laughs> I This is a bonus complaint because I have another complaint for later in the podcast. But it annoys me that to my knowledge, you can only have one signature from your You're so wrong. App. I am? Oh my gosh, you're oh, so wrong. Oh, this has turned into a thing I'm learning. Tell me <laughs> nice. about this. Okay, so... Um, That's I, why I, I knew I might be wrong. That's why I was like, to my knowledge. <laughs> um, so again, I believe you go to mail, the mail app in settings, uh -huh. and you scroll down to signature, uh -huh. and you tap that, and you can select all accounts and have your signature be automatically be added to all of your email accounts, or you can do per account. That's so cool. And then you can customize it for each account, well, which I, I have actually done. Sarah has like four different signatures. Did you know this, Donna? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> okay, but, good. I, yeah. I feel less cheapish. <laughs> no, um, and you also, when you're replying to an email, if you are to a point where you already started a new email and it's from the wrong address, can't you also like tap it and then change it to tap the from field and change it there for that just individual yeah, email as you can well? Always, mm -hmm. You can always change it until you hit send. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. Um, so to get questions like that answered by Sarah and to get all the other features we talked about, go to iphonelife.com slash insider. Next, we want to get through some of the comments we had from listeners last episode. We had a few different good ones, so I will get them out now. First, we had a comment from Marianne. She responded to our question of the week. This was at least maybe not last episode, but one of our last episodes. She says, I have an iPhone 5, so I can't do anything about my battery. We were asking if people were replacing their batteries and how iOS 11.3 features were working out for them. She says, uh, I have an iPad Air. I never updated iOS after hearing David say it slowed his down. <laughs> Should I? It was I? true. No, it's really slowed <laughs> my down. In general, as a kind of big picture recommendation, as your devices age, you reach a certain point where it's probably not worth updating operating systems. What Apple does is 
they kind of assume that you're going to have a newer device and so they introduce new features that take up more processing power and so i don't know if you're if your device is more than say three years old you're taking a risk by updating let's put it that way i always recommend especially if you have an older device wait a few weeks see how it goes for other people mm-hmm. who have the same <laughs> device as you and if you don't hear people cl- you know complaining it bricked their phone then you can go ahead because sometimes they deliberately make you know the update small enough that it can work on certain phones and sometimes it's like a huge reworking of iOS um, and so it's going to take up more space yeah, right. but well, the, but there's the bricking of your phone, which does happen, but seem is generally pretty rare. I but was there's, maybe exaggerating. Yeah, about there's just a lot of in between cases where your device gets slower and slower every time you update, and at some point, especially with iOS 11, to be honest, there weren't a ton of features that I was using when I updated it, and it slowed my device down. So I wasn't crazy about it. So. Uh, to finish up what Marianne was was saying, she said <laughs> uh, she was asking if she should yeah. update her iPhone five. So we've answered that, and then she says, "I can't decide. Um, I also can't update my iPhone five either. If I'm correct, same deal. I mean, I don't know if it technically will allow you to. I would not no. recommend it. Yeah, it no, I think you can't go. Yeah, okay. I think it's iOS nine point three point five. Wow. So she says, so. "I can't decide what phone to get since I won't use." Face recognition, she doesn't want face ID, and I'm afraid I will hate using gestures, which I assume she's talking about. Also, the what you use on the iPhone 10. Instead of the home button. Um, so, I mean, I would say to Marianne, probably checking out an iPhone 8 would be a good idea. Or even um, an iPhone 7, because yeah. I, I mean, I just, you know, depending on how much you want to spend, it sounds like Marianne likes to keep her phones for a while, so in that case, maybe get the newest. But at the same time, I don't... F- think that there's a huge difference in terms of features between the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 7. The processor yeah, wireless the processors. charging. Yeah. The thing that wireless I, charging. Yeah, wireless charging is is really cool feature. The other thing that I I I have this kind of beef with the industry that I feel like the people the journalists talking about tech tend to focus on like really the sizzle features, the cool, exciting new things, whereas the main advantages of each generation of phone are going to be the things that aren't exciting, like a faster processor, a better camera. Um, faster processor makes a big difference. And so it's in Yeah, but general, the difference between an iPhone 5 and an iPhone 7 is huge. Yeah, but if you're going to keep it for five, you know several years, I think a faster processor matters. Obviously, budget is a really important thing. The last thing I will say is this is a tough time to buy a new iphone i if you can wait wait till the wait fall. till the fall because then you can get the eight for cheaper or you can see if there's new features um but yeah as far as the 10 goes the advantage and we've talked about this a lot the advantage of the 10 is it's a smaller form factor with a, a similar size screen so you have the same screen size as an eight plus but you have the smaller form factor but if you don't like the gesture doing the gestures removal of the home button if you don't like face id it's probably not worth paying the extra money for it so i i I support that part of the the yeah we hope that helps marianne so we have a second question from a listener uh this one's from steve he said i just watched episode 81 that had a conversation about Facebook privacy. Everything you discussed was pertinent and relevant. What you didn't mention though, is that by default, if you download the Facebook app to your phone, you have to grant them access to your contact file. This means that if you have downloaded the app and I 
and I have chosen not to use Facebook, but I'm in your contact file. You have given my private information to Facebook without my permission. So he talks about how even if you don't have Facebook, if a friend of yours has Facebook on their phone, they have shared your contact information with Facebook. Did you, so did you go I into went your in, settings? I was going to say, so I went in and um, I f- deleted and re-downloaded Facebook to try to verify this. And I never got a... Uh, I never got that screen that he's talking about of asking to download a con- the contact files. I don't know because I already had Facebook installed. It seemed like maybe I wasn't being led through the entire setup process. But what I did do is I went online and found um, found some information about this, found a URL you can go to on Facebook that allows you to see which contacts Apple has access to and to delete Apple all contacts. or Facebook? Or, sorry, Facebook. <laughs> uh, so that is, and we'll post in the, uh, if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, we'll include the link there, but I'll give it to you now too. It's facebook.com slash mobile slash messenger slash contacts. So if you go to that link, you'll have the option to, you'll see first of all what Facebook has in terms of your contacts. And with mine, they did in fact have my contacts and including all their phone numbers <laughs> and you can but, delete it there. But to be fair, I mean, uh, I, at one point gave Facebook access to my contacts so that I could get all of their, uh, pictures synced. So you may have yeah. done that at some point too. Because like, uh, with all this Facebook scandals, I've rolled, I've undone a lot of the sharing that I did and there is a trade off with convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I used a lot of apps, as it a way to log into different apps and yeah actually having facebook have your contacts is convenient in a lot of situations like messenger for instance if they have all your updated contacts that's that can be nice when you're messaging people but i do feel uncomfortable now there so also in the messenger app you'll want to go tap your profile uh tap people and then there you can choose whether or not you want to sync contacts and if you choose not to it will delete all of your everything from your contact book from the Facebook Messenger app. I think what Steve's complaint, though, which I think is very valid, is if Steve is not on Facebook, he is not the one who is sharing his contact with Facebook. Yes, and so people who are trying to stay off of Facebook and keep their contact information off of Facebook are dependent on all of their friends going and doing this process who, unless they listen to this podcast, may not know to do it. I know. It's really true. Yeah. I mean, Sarah, it seemed like you had a, when I was first bringing this up, you said, did you go into your settings? Well, I just wanted to know because usually you can go into your settings and see if you've shared like your contacts or other information, like you give Facebook access to your camera often and things like Mm -hmm. that. So I was just wondering, because I, I actually don't have the Facebook app on my phone and I use the, I access it through Safari. That's so, what Steve recommended doing too. Cause but said, I have Messenger, so Facebook totally has all of my contacts information. Sorry, guys. But it was good to see. It was comforting to me to see that there were places to go in and undo that and uh, still be able to keep the Facebook app mm-hmm. without giving the access to those things. Mm-hmm. So I hope that helps, Steve. Thank you for writing into us because we, we definitely want to know and we're learning as we go as well. So we appreciate it. Um, next, we want to talk about our news of the week. Apple just had their quarterly earnings report, and that helped us answer the question of whether or not the iPhone X was a disaster or not. <laughs> We've been, but in the news, there's been a lot lately um, of speculation about that. It ended up the iPhone X was not a disaster. <laughs> right, Sarah? No, it was uh, the most popular uh, iPhone. Um, 
followed by the 8 and 8 Plus, which really actually isn't that surprising. Um, and Apple sold um, over 52 million iPhones overall. So it was a, it was a, I guess it was a record quarter for revenue. And iPhones are 70% of its total revenue for this, uh, yeah. this quarter. Why, why do you say it's unsurprising that the 8 and 8 Plus would outsell the iPhone 10? It Just, didn't. It didn't. The iPhone oh. 10 outsold them. And that's not oh, what I said. Followed by 8 and 8 Plus. Sorry. Right. Um, and, you know, because it's, for me, it didn't feel surprising that all the things about iPhone 10 were so bad because, you know, like, I can't, I can't remember. I had all this logic, all these reasons, <laughs> but I, I don't know. It just seemed like all of a sudden, I guess Apple did cut its orders for iPhone 10 parts. And so maybe they're, you know, maybe they didn't sell as many as they thought they would, but they still sold a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's always hard to tell because I think this is one of those areas where people try to predict how Apple sales are going by looking at manufacturing. But there's a number of reasons why you can adjust manufacturing throughout a quarter that might not be a good indication. And then anecdotally, just, you know, being out and about, I tend to see a lot of people with 10. So it didn't feel like it was necessarily a disaster. But then again, you don't get to have a proper sample size. Obviously, I'm surrounded by people who work at iPhone Life magazine. So yeah, it definitely wasn't the um, it wasn't the phone that everybody got, though, was my experience that uh, at least in my friend groups and also just from the interactions we have with all of you, our customers, it wasn't something that like the iPhone 10 was so amazing that everyone felt like that was the new standard of iPhone. Mm -hmm. Like when we've uh, we've had to be careful not to have too many of our daily tips be about the iPhone 10, things like that, just because a lot of people are still using different iPhones. And I mean, some of that might have to do with the price. Also, I think people have mixed feelings about Face ID um, and yeah. no home button and things yeah. like that. So speaking of seeing uh, devices in the wild, have you guys, I've been seeing so many Apple Watches. I've been seeing so many AirPods. Yes, really? I've seen so many AirPods. I don't think I've seen that many Apple Watches. I see them constantly. I, I mean, see them a lot. Like a, um, I, I was just flying, and a lot of the flight attendants had Apple Watches. I was hmm. noticing. Yeah, it used like to that. be like I was kind of excited when I saw another person wearing them, and now I, you know, they're just always there, which is um, yeah, not surprising because other products are up thirty eight percent year over year. Wow. And, you know, that includes not just the Apple Watch, but also the HomePod and AirPods and Beats headphones and things like that. Basically anything that's not really an iPhone or an iPad. Huh. Um, but I'm, I bet a lot of that is the Apple Watch. They don't break those numbers out for us. but. And then some other interesting points was that services continue to grow. They're up 31% year over year. Uh, so, you know, Apple Music seems to still be doing well. Um, which is cool to see iCloud storage, things like that. I think from a really big picture perspective, I've written a few articles talking about kind of Apple's uh, business strategy and all of this. And it, it, my takeaway from this announcement is that Apple's business strategies are working. Because basically Apple from 2008 until a couple years ago, their primary growth driver was the iPhone. And it grew year over year every year they sold more iphones more iphones mm -hmm. that continued to happen obviously but it's the growth rate has slowed a lot and so what apple has tried to do to continue to grow their revenue while the growth rate of their primary driver is slowing 
is A, introduce a new tier of iPhone that they charge more for so they can have better margins, and B, make up the difference in the other products and services that they sell. Both of those things have been really kind of remain, uh, questions of whether this is a correct strategy for them, whether Apple could be successful without releasing a revolutionary new product every few years. And the answer, at least currently, seems to be that these strategies are working. The Apple's services are starting to make up enough of a difference in the, to make up for that slowing growth rate. And also, people are paying, willing to pay more for a new iPhone if they pack it with features. It's interesting because I'm curious if you'll agree with this, but I feel like a few years ago I heard a lot more rumors or like people questioning like has Apple lost its edge? Are they on the verge of going downhill? Mm -hmm. And it just seems like that's so not what's happening and you don't hear as many people even like posing that question anymore? I think people kind of got sick of talking about it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, there is an argument that it's happening because Apple was on a real hot streak in terms of introducing revolutionary new products. I mean, the i the iPod was a huge breakthrough in terms of personal computing right. device. And then came the, the iPhone and then came the iPad. And these were all like brand new genres of devices. And Apple hasn't been able to do that since then. Even though we've seen the Apple Watch in the wild, it's more of an iPhone accessory than a necessarily the like next revenue generator for apple i they so they I mean, isn't it pretty much the same i mean the ipod that's true but with the iphone there were already other i mean i guess it was very much superior to other phones out there let let's put it this way i and the there iPhone, were tablets though yeah yeah no it's true apple tends to it tends to uh refine an existing uh category and make it right. way better the iPhone makes up 70% of Apple's revenue. The Apple Watch is put in the category of other devices and is a small part of that category. So it's yeah. just not a huge revenue maker or a huge product for Apple in the same way that the iPhone or iPad are. Yeah, it didn't end up being as essential as uh, these other product categories yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. For people. Or as ubiquitous. I mean, yeah. you, yes, you're seeing some Apple Watches in the wild, but how many yeah. iPhones do you see in the wild? Nobody loves their Apple Watch as much as Sarah does. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I loved my AirPods until I lost them. Mm. <laughs> the Find My AirPods, it turns out, isn't that <laughs> helpful when your AirPods are dead. So, okay. So um, that pretty much covers up the quarterly earnings. The iPhone X was not a flop. Surprise. <laughs> um, now we want to talk about our sponsor, Fanatic Software. David, tell yeah. us about Yeah, so Fanatic Software, I love their uh, app, the Informant 5. Me too. Uh, and what I like to describe it is it's the calendar app that Apple should have made. And what makes mm. it great is, first of all, they it, it's way more robust than Apple's calendar app. And what they did is they combined the reminders and tasks with the calendar so you can have them all within one app and you can have them synced together and linked together because it's it's really confusing for me personally to have them separated i never know when i'm if i'm using apple's system whether i'm i want to schedule a reminder to remind me to do something yeah. next wednesday or put in my calendar so it makes more sense to put them together it's also just a very easy to use user-friendly app it's called the Infor informant five we'll link to it in the show notes uh, iphonelife.com slash podcast or you can check it out in the app store it also is available for your computer as well and it syncs across platforms 
Yeah, one thing I really like about Informant is the number of different views it has. I feel like people's minds work differently in terms of like organization and how they visually want to see what their day, week, or month looks like. And so I found that Informant 5 has a lot of different good desktop and mobile views mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the ways that it sets it apart. But yeah, totally. Also bringing together calendar and reminders because I will constantly lose track of things being like, was it a reminder I set or was it a calendar uh, appointment? So yeah, I am in full support of Informant 5. Uh, next up, our Apple complaints and learning. Uh, we'll share what we've been learning or features with iOS that we're frustrated by. I have one this week that I actually sourced from our Facebook group. Oh, no, I think you're going to oh, steal mine. Yeah. That's okay. Well, I'll come up with another one. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I got all um, the complaints. One really great thing about our Facebook group is that people can kind of crowdsource answers to their questions. And so people have been posing because people have kind of specific different things happening that it's hard to find answers uh, either from our daily tips or Google or anything like that. So this one was about do not disturb. Someone was trying to see if they could set a different do not disturb schedule for the weekend as then for the weekdays because um, this person's son, I think, was having trouble wanting to not be interrupted at school, but then on the weekends have a different schedule for that. And sadly, you can't set more, so up more than ridiculous. one do not disturb schedule. I've been complaining about this for years. It drives me crazy. Yeah. And in a uh, recent episode, Leanne, who is a writer here, was saying that there should also be location-based do not disturb, which I think oh, would be yeah. great if you could just set do not disturb to your school. Mm -hmm. And then that way, like for this specific uh, person, and that way they would get all their calls unless they're at school. And like, why doesn't Apple do that? Yeah, they <laughs> really sure. could make it way more robust. I have like, that's a uh, feature we're hoping for with iOS 12. And it's also one that I have read some rumors about uh, that Apple could be expanding its do not disturb functionality. So let's really in, sure. in a way, it's I mean, they've already kind of done it because you can enable do not disturb to automatically turn on every time you start an Apple Watch workout. And so I don't see why it couldn't be customized in other ways because mm -hmm. of course I'm not actually like a software developer. So I don't, I can just say, I don't know why they can't build these features. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, they um, really should. They really should. Sarah, what's yours this week? Um, I guess I have a complaint and a learning. Um, my complaint is that I really wanna be able to see the hourly weather on my Apple Watch. I know. You know if if you used to be able to, and now you can't. Um, I think since Watch OS four, and it's silly. And then I have to pull up my phone to look at hourly weather. And usually, like if you're about to go do some specific time based activity, you want to check the weather before if it's an outdoor thing. Especially when you live in Iowa. Oh yeah. I'm I'm so confused. I can see the hourly weather. What, what app are you using? The Apple Watch weather app. Oh. Is it? Well, it's not a comprehensive one. But it will you, be it's like, not, if you hard, it doesn't have the temperature. But if you hard, yeah, that, that is temperature. If you hard press, you can choose between rain, temperature. Oh, wow. See, oh now I'm getting back. We're learning on the fly here. Rain, temperature, and uh, uh, conditions. And it will give you hourly for all of those things. Yeah. Because I was looking at it before when it was a rainy week, and I was like, I don't. It, oh, it will give you the temperature. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. But it's not telling me if it's going to be raining or not. But oh. It will. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay, we need to make that into a daily tip immediately. <laughs> yeah, that was a very important discovery. I just yeah. had. Um, my second thing is that um, I 
I bought uh, the rose gold Apple Watch because I wanted that light pink watch band that comes with it. Um, but, you know, it got really gross looking. <laughs> and, um, and so I've been wearing this one, which I don't like as much. I'm not going to tell you what brand it is because it, in my opinion, has a fatal flaw. Um, but I found out if you get one of those magic eraser sponges, you can actually clean your Apple Watch band and remove the grime. So I did that and I can go back to using the nice band I wanted, except for it's shiny now. So if you, our listeners, know mm-hmm. a different way to get the grime off that won't leave your Apple Watch band shiny, let me know. But in the meantime, that's what I've done. Yeah, it's too bad, even though it's kind of like a rubber finish to Apple Watch bands, sport bands, they do stain. Because like I yeah, looked, I saw I have the same one as yours, and it just gets a little discolored over time. It's yeah, not I, really like it's dirt on it, necessarily. I think it, was, it got really bad over the winter, I think, because I have a black winter coat. And mm. I think just and like, like the, the rubbing of the sleeves, yeah. Would get off onto it, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a bummer. Okay, well, you did, in fact, steal my (laughs) complaint of the week. I am going to replace my complaint of the week with a question for you all as professional editors. All right. I have been having a debate with my girlfriend, and I want you guys to settle this. Can you use emojis as punctuation? Or do you, like, if if you put a (laughs) smiley face at the end of a sentence, do you also then have to put a period afterwards? Because I have very strong opinions about this. (laughs) I think we need to discuss whether or not you should even use punctuation in text messages. You know, I was going to say, I I feel like I have a different answer depending if you're, like, yes, if you're worried about being really, you know, correct with your text messages, then then we can debate this. But I guess (laughs) I'm someone who... I feel like there's a different code for texting. Like I don't feel, even though I'm an editor, I don't feel that worried about it when I'm sending casual texts to my friends. Right. But maybe I should be. Well, but if you have several, okay. but like if you're, if you have several things you're saying, you presumably put a period between the things you yes. say, right? So yeah. the question is, if if you put a smiley face there, would you also put a period? I I usually do. I have. I think it looks weird. And it so, looks weird. Yeah. So See, I've I just don't been, do it. It's texting is an extremely casual form of uh communication if you are texting professionally uh you probably should go easy on the emojis anyway (laughs) this is true um yeah but also you know like at least at the end of a text message like it's often considered unfriendly to like put a period and to not have any emoji you mean or just have a period just to use punctuation basically at the end of what you're saying I know what you mean. Sometimes it seems like too weirdly final. Like you're just, it seems like you're being stern or something, even if you're just, just saying just, a sentence. Just kind of like just saying okay is considered rude, mm-hmm. you know, or just if you really want to be rude to someone, just send one K. Yeah. But you can send two K. It's like KK. Yeah. And then it's like, it's nice. There's a great Onion article that we should link to. Uh, and it's like, Ice Queen fails to use punct- uh, exclamation mark at the end of thank you note. <laughs> and I mean, it, it, it's a funny article. But the, I, I agree with you that because when you're texting, you can't convey any emotion with your voice or body language or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's easy to misinterpret somebody's tone. Like if you just say, okay. Right and you don't put a smiley face at the end are you angry I don't know yeah like I think it's a bigger concern to come off as unfriendly or having the tone that you don't want than it is to have a period that might be misplaced like I don't think most people are looking at that and judging I think yeah the point of a text message really in terms of punctuation and emojis is to convey tone 
you know, and so I think that you should err on the side of doing what conveys how you're feeling. But like an emoji between two sentences with no period, I feel like in some sentences that could maybe make the meaning confusing like there is a little bit of an issue there let's hear your opinion i feel very strongly that we should all decide that emojis are also punctuation that if you end (laughs) with an emoji that's you don't need a punctuation (laughs) i let me guess your girlfriend disagrees clearly she does so okay here's my thing the point of punctuation is to avoid confusion right Uh uh-huh so basically if you can use an emoji without confusing the meaning of what you're doing, then as far as I'm concerned, leave the punctuation out. But if it will be confusing, you know, as to the meaning of your text message, if you don't put the punctuation in, then you should use it. I'm yeah. okay with that. But, but then I, but I how do you make that, that judgment typically call? Typically... I, t- I don't know. I tend to use emojis at the end of a sentence. Like I rarely will put emoji midway through a sentence. And so it usually is saying this sentence is over. I mean, how many like multi-sentence texts do you send? A lot. Really? <laughs> yeah. So some people I've noticed like my my children tend to send a text message for each sentence basically which i find really annoying because then i get like it's like a barrage of text messages it makes me feel very agitated (laughs) um but so there's that method too which i think i would rather that you just abuse punctuation than do that to me um okay i want to ask you guys have you ever deliberately sent okay to someone as a text message to convey to them like your sort of like cold feelings yes I have to. Oh my God. <laughs> you guys are what's ruining texting for me because I'm like, okay. And then everyone's like, are you, are you sad? Are you angry? <laughs> I think I've only used this with my husband. <laughs> um. I have not. But part of it, the, and we've talked about this problem in the past, the Apple Watch's preset responses has okay as one of the responses. You got to edit those I and know. put exclamation points. And you can also go into... Uh, go into your Apple Watch app on your iPhone and customize your preset responses. Yeah, that's what that's I'm what saying. You've got to customize them with exclamation points. That's a relationship saver right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's make this our question of the week. Yeah, Can get... emojis, let's crowdsource this. Mm-hmm. I want to prove my girlfriend wrong. <laughs> Can emojis be considered punctuation? Are you on team Hannah or team David? <laughs> okay, I just want to say, I just want to say, David, you you are losing whether or not you win this point or not. <laughs> it's a I'm very just, good point. <laughs> I know Hannah and I understand this dynamic and you have already lost, but go ahead and ask this, this is, question. Okay, let's not make this about me and my girlfriend. Let's just say, answer <laughs> this question objectively. <laughs> <laughs> team emoji or not uh podcast at iphonelife.com or we're gonna do the new thing where we post it in the facebook group so you yeah, can we'll answer it there as well so just to remind you on facebook it's iphone life group that you will be searching for uh so okay apps and gear i was thinking we were done but no as you see we have some beautiful accessories here to tell you about um i Stole these from Rayanne's desk. Uh, Rayanne is on vacation right now. She's an editor here. They're the AudioQuest Nighthawk headphones. I put these on, but then I couldn't hear you guys. Um, <laughs> they are amazing. They're something like between $600 and $800, so they're really expensive. But this is what she uses for video editing, and they're I usually cannot wear over-ear headphones because they all give me a headache. And these have this like amazing suspension system where they feel really lightweight and uh, like cushy on your head, and the sound quality is incredible. So 
audio quest nighthawks i'm really if jealous this I've is something that you're wanting to use probably if it's for a professional setting or if you're really invested in good sound quality and are willing to spend that kind of money on headphones i highly recommend these very cool well i'm also going the audio route these are um the libertone track plus um they are adjustable noise cancellation wireless headphones um and when and they just came out and when they sent me a review sample i put them on and was enjoying i have this like audio test playlist which isn't necessarily my favorite music but is um does kind of put you know a speaker Mm. or headphones through their paces and i kind of got really absorbed in the music and just to give you an idea of what kind of music i was getting it was like uh, like Guns N' Roses is on that playlist. You so. gotta test audio <laughs> with Guns N' Roses. <laughs> so, um, and I enjoyed it, which is a first since I was in sixth grade. Um, <laughs> and I forgot all about my lunch appointment. And then when it was time to walk there with with Rayanne, who is apparently the star of the gear section, um, hmm. I was actually kind of annoyed because I had to take them off <laughs> um, because the sound is amazing and they're so comfortable. Some of these ones in order, you know, with the little wings or whatever they come up with to keep them in your ear, they're kind of uncomfortable after a while. Yeah. And these are not uncomfortable at all. Are after. they noise canceling as well? They yeah. are. That's they cool. are. And so I can just shut you guys out. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Perfect. Or I can like, uh, you know, if you're outside, <laughs> Thanks, you can adjust it so that it's some sounds comes through or you can, you know, stop the, this, you know, like, make it so you can hear everything so you know you're not a jerk when you're in the coffee shop i do shop. like that about Libertone's noise cancellation system it's uh they have an, an app that accompanies it that you can adjust how noise canceling because sometimes you want to especially like you're saying if you're walking down the street especially because these are so portable you want to be able to hear some noise and i like that it gives you that control yeah. Now the downside is that you know this is a pretty substantial thing mm-hmm. to have hanging around your neck. I'm always skeptical of the things that um, like hang around your neck. So I don't know that I would go running in them necessarily. I really like the true wireless ones for that. But yeah, these are fantastic. I highly recommend them. Um, I will probably do a more in-depth review on the website, but uh, I just wanted to share them because I'm really excited about them. Awesome. Okay, well, I sourced my uh, app of the week from the Facebook group. We're so, all obsessed. yeah, I know. Hold on, let me open it up so I can get it for you. Um, so, uh, we were last in the last podcast talking about widgets and how I don't use them very much. And, oh, yeah. And somebody in the Facebook group talked about this app. It's called Launch. And what it does is it lets you basically. Uh, you, you open the app, you customize it, and then it has these custom widgets that go on your widget page. And it, 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 you can set, it gives you two sections. One is called Launch Center. And so you can have your most used apps or whichever apps you want to put there in the Launch Center so that you can okay. always just pull them up quickly, which is really nice, especially for me because I don't always have my most used apps on my um on my dock because i try to avoid having the apps i'm addicted to be like easily accessible to me so this is kind of the happy medium so for example when i want to check my email i always make sure i go search for the email instead of have it be on my dock so but now it's 
still readily available to me, but I don't absentmindedly check it when I don't want to. Uh, but it also, what I really like is you have quick actions and there's a ton of apps that this works with. So what I've done is I have a few text message groups that I have, like some of my friends are in text message groups. And so I have quick action where I can tap it and, and I can text, it'll open up that text chain and I can do it right away. I will use this. That's awesome. It's especially useful because I find that messenger does a terrible job or the uh built-in apples uh text messenger does a terrible job with groups even if i search for them even if you name <clears throat> sorry even if you name them they and search for them they don't up. show up exactly it's so, like, i named so a family group so i can text my whole family and it right? won't come up and if i but, type yeah. in family nothing happens and sometimes we when have I... the fam <laughs> text group in my family and yeah it just I have to like put everyone's name in all over again. Yeah, so and sometimes when you do it, like it'll it won't pull up the most recent from the chain. It'll just like be yeah. like from 2013. So, so what's this app called again? It's called Launch. Launch. Yeah, it's not free. I I forgot to look up how much it cost, but uh, it's not free. But I I'm really enjoying it. Probably not more than a couple dollars. Yeah, I right? think I think so. I mean, uh, sometimes I it's know. worth paying for an app if it really addresses certain pain points or just really makes certain processes like smoother for you my only complaint and it's not a complaint with the app but a complaint with myself is that i still forget that the widget center exists and so i always forget to go over there and use this app so i haven't used as much as i should but it is very convenient all right everyone this wraps up episode 83 of the iphone life podcast thanks so much for joining us and don't forget to go rate us in the app store so more people can find us like you And we'll see you next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.